0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good to have you on this beautiful February Sunday morning. Isn't this beautiful? And Puxatawney Phil did not see his shadow, and uh, so that means we can just look forward to this coming right into spring, right? Isn't that what that means? Oh, we'll see what happens. I don't know, but anyway, uh, welcome. If you're visiting for the first time, if you'd stop by the uh, Welcome Center out there, we have a gift for you. and would like to welcome you officially. If you're visiting online for the first time, if you'd... Uh, Scan that QR code in there and let us know that you're out there watching and listening. It always encourages our hearts. Uh, We are taking up some uh, dry goods, canned goods, those kinds of things for Camp Leonard Wood. This is uh, where uh, Dennis and Diana are down there serving. And if you would, there's a table out there between the two hallways. If you just stop, uh, put those things there. That would be great. We also need some plastic containers uh, for them to store things with and for us to uh, haul them with. So. If you uh, can help us out with that, that'd be great. Dealing with Disappointment is the Ladies' Bible Study. It started this last week. About 30 of you ladies uh, stepped in to get involved in that. So if you're involved or would like to be involved, uh, Tuesday evenings at 7 and Thursday mornings at 9.30, uh, you can involve yourself with that. Next Sunday is not only Super Bowl Sunday, but it's also when we will have Taylor and Maddie Woods here. Uh, They are candidating to... uh, be the youth pastor and youth pastor's wife. So uh, they'll be here all day with us. Uh, Sunday morning, they'll share testimony, things like that. Sunday evening, Taylor will be preaching. Uh, In the afternoon, about 4.15 or so in the Fellowship Hall, we will have an open house concept where you can just stop by and get to know them if you would like. About 5.15, we'll start a, still over in the Fellowship Hall, uh, start just a question and answer time if you would like to, you know, pepper them with some questions, you're welcome to do so. I'm sure you'll be nice about it, right? Our goal is to find out things, not to try to... So I treat this like I would an ordination. And if, when, I'm, when I'm heading up an ordination, like with Pastor Andrew or Pastor Brett's coming up, which you don't know about yet, but anyway, uh, my job is to keep people from just attacking, right? We're not trying to catch them. Everybody has questions that they might struggle with, and uh, so here's what I tell them, and I'm going to be telling this to Taylor as well. If, if you ask a question that they don't know the answer to, their response is to be, you know, I'm not sure. Can you explain that to me? So make sure that if you're going to ask a question, you know what the answer should be. You understand? Well, we're not trying to, to trip them up. Uh, they're going to be nervous as it is. So anyway, we're excited about that. They'll be coming in. And uh, let's go on. What is the next one? Uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Notice the spelling of soup. Super Bowl Sunday is uh, this February the 18th in the Fellowship Hall, the gift class. There will be, I don't know, 20 or 30 different soups for you to taste and enjoy, and uh, so their families are invited, so uh, they're looking forward to that. Reflect teens, by the way, did you notice that? The teenagers and their families are invited to uh, fellowship with the gift class. And then uh, the Grand Prix, I Wanna Grand Prix, is also coming up. but We need you to sign up for that as helper uh, you can kind of I don't know how all of it works, but you can stop by the table and it'll be explained to you if you want to be a helper, a sponsor, uh, or if you have a kid that would be involved. And then Vacation Bible School is already getting signed up for. Volunteers are needed. It is going to be June 16th through the 21st. You can scan that QR code right there while it's still up there on the screen if you want to do that and volunteer that way, or you can see JD and get yourself volunteered for that. Summer Camp is coming up. We're going to Kobeak this year, July 15th through the 19th. There's a $50 deposit due by March the 7th. And we always look forward to going to camp. It's been a great time. And our missionaries of the week are the Westerbands in Puerto Rico. Uh, anybody still here that went to with us to Puerto Rico when we went to visit the Westerbands? Anybody? John Mark Vanderweer was our intern and uh, so it goes way back to then if you can kind of think through we went to see the Uh it was a great time so we're supposed to be landing in New York City and then catching our flight to here so we land in New York City and they get us out on the tarmac ready to fly home this is Saturday night I'm gonna be here on Sunday morning and Mike Maynard was going to be here the evangelist was gonna be here just for one service that Sunday morning or just for one day that Sunday and uh, so We're out on the tarmac and a storm starts coming through, lightning and everything. We sit in the plane for about two hours and finally they just taxied the plane back up and we uh, went back inside and they said, can't get you out tonight? Okay, when can you get us out? The next flight available is like 6 o'clock Sunday night. So uh, I called, and we're sleeping on the floor of the, of the airport, and I called Mike Maynor, and I said, uh, You're on. See you later. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, that was that, was that trip. Yeah, I, I, I digress. So the Western Bands are our Missionaries of the Week. Uh, in the month of March, they had a Pastors and wives Fellowship in their church, this is obviously going back a year, uh, and they praised the Lord for the things that happened there. In September, they had their 26th anniversary at the church, and uh, so the praise praising the Lord for things that were happening there. They ask you to continue to pray for their soul-winning classes, continue to pray uh, to hold us up in prayer as we are going through some difficult times. But God is faithful. Carmen and I look, continue to look forward to the Lord, or look to the Lord for wisdom and direction. That's the Western Bands. Let's have the men come forward. We'll take up the uh, morning offering. Brother Chuck, if you would, please pray for the Western Bands, pray for uh, the Lord's blessing on the offering and Lord's blessing on the morning service. If you would, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord,
1: we are thankful to be together this morning. Thank you for your goodness to us, your love and working in our lives and hearts, bringing us together as a church family. I you bless our time together as we worship you, as we give to you. Thank you for our missionaries and for their sacrifice. Thank you for the Westerbands and the many years of service that they've given in Puerto Rico. I pray that you'll continue to bless and meet their needs and uh, spread the gospel there in Puerto Rico. Pray that you'll bless this offering, use it to further the ministry here, we pray. In Jesus'
2: name, amen.
1: Rachel, go ahead and stand with me. We're going to sing all about God's love today, first week of February, and uh, the love month, right? So we're going to sing about God's love this morning by singing, and can't be with us, sing three verses of this.
3: please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Romans chapter 11, beginning in verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy." For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. O the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out! For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Lord, sanctify us through his word. Please remain standing.
1: We're going to continue singing about that God by just saying it's just like his great love. A friend. talking with Pastor, we have like 78 hymns of the month now, and I think half of them I don't know, and so I think that probably means half of you don't know them either, Um, and so we're going to just go through the next couple months, some of our previous hymns of the month, and so this month, we're going to start by seeing the object of your love. We know this one. It's a familiar one. One of my favorites, talking about how we could be the object of God's love. service by singing all four verses of my Savior's love. We're going to do something a little different. Verse two, we're going to have just the ladies sing and the guys will join on the chorus. And then verse three, just the guys will sing and the ladies will join the chorus. So verse one and four is like normal, all right? Verse two, just ladies, guys in the chorus. Verse three, just guys, and then ladies in the chorus. So everyone stay with me as we sing all four verses of my Savior's love. I
4: say
2: like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll,
0: whatever my
2: lot thou hast taught me to say, so shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, sin O oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in Shall descend even so it, it is well with my soul It is well it is well with my soul with my soul It, it is well it is well. It is well Soul.
0: Amen. Wow, well, if you've been disappointed with the uh, music this morning, you need to wake up. That's some good stuff. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark, the 12th chapter in the book of Mark. Good to have you all here. We uh, cannot ask for a more beautiful weekend. I tell you, on February first weekend of February, uh, it's just it's a remarkable time. So we're excited about that. Good to have you. I know it is packed in here, and it is hot in here. How many of you are hot? Just me. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel for you. I used to be like you. you now it's, it's a cross I have to bear. I don't know what to say. Uh, Mark chapter 12 is where we're going to be. So uh, this is the beginning of February, and uh, guess what's coming up in April? I'm going to talk to you about taxes. Can I talk just a little bit about taxes? I promise it won't be a lot about taxes, but that's kind of what the passage is about, all right? So here's, here's what I'll tell you about taxes. Pay them. But besides that, uh, let's take a look at Mark chapter 12. Let's we'll start at verse 13. And they send unto him certain of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. Now they're sending them to Jesus to catch Jesus in his words. And when they were come, they say unto him, Master, we know that thou... Stop for just a phrase. Listen to this phrase. We know that thou art true. Do you believe that? They're coming... Well, you believe that he's true. Do you believe that they know that Jesus is true? I mean, they're, they're sending these guys to catch Jesus in his words to see if they can trap him in some kind of you know, uh, politically incorrect snare and uh, that's what they're trying to do so yeah uh, you know when uh, when people are just starting out with a lie it's really hard we know that thou art true and carest for no man for thou regardest not the person of men but teach us the way of god in truth wow if they would just catch what they're saying because they're actually right but uh, they don't quite get there but here's the question is it lawful to give tribute to caesar or not father Help us as we study this passage together to grow in your grace, to be challenged uh, to live for you in greater fashion, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. If I can, just kind of mention here, this is tough, you know, this has been a tough one for me all of my life, you know, how do you pay taxes to an organization that is going to spend your tax dollars in ways that you think are morally wrong? And uh, the challenge is, by the way, uh, but Jesus lived in the time of the, of, you know, the Caesars, right? Uh, and so Jesus says, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, right? That's what he's about to say. And, and that's a challenge. It is. It's just a challenge. We, we're not, we don't give an account for what our government is doing with our tax. This is nothing to the message. I'm just throwing it out there, Right. I know it's hard to do. I know. And I know there's a lot of reasons why we would say, this is. We, why should we give them this money? Uh, but we give them this money because it's the right thing to do. It's because they're the government, and that's what we do. Uh, and they'll answer for it. Don't worry, right? It, it, it's just the way it is. But take a look at verse 15. Jesus then, shall we give or shall we give not give? But he, knowing their, what's that word? Guess, he caught the hypocrisy from the very beginning. He, know, he knew that they didn't think he was preaching God's truth. He knew that they didn't believe that he was uh, you know, there teaching the things that are true. Uh, he, knew that, you know, he, he knew their hypocrisy. And he said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny, that I may see it. And they brought it, and he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesars. And Jesus then answering said unto them, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. And I want to talk to you about the last part of what Jesus is talking about. This is really not, even when Jesus is talking, it's not a message on taxation. Do you understand? It is much deeper than that. So he says, let me see the superscription. Whose picture is it? Whose image do you see? Now, we know that there's an image that we see every time we look in the mirror. And it's not us. Here's what the Bible says. That we are created in the image of God. I'm going to ask you a question. Whose superscription do you see? And just as truly as we owe to Caesar what is Caesar's, We owe to God what is God's. Do you see how this is? We must see whose image is upon us, who is superimposed upon us, and thereby we render to God something. And I want to talk to you about rendering unto God the things that are God's. Now being made in the image of God real quickly, you know this, but just kind of remind you that God isn't a five foot six wrinkled bald man. You understand? (laughs) When we look in the mirror, it's like, oh look, there's the picture of God. That's not what it means to be created in the image of God. And the reality is, when the Bible says that we were created in the image of God, it goes on to say, male and female created he them. So all of us, Men and women were created in the image of God. The idea is not our physical traits. God is, the Bible says now, unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. You know, God cannot be relegated to a body. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. And so to be made in the image of God has nothing to do with our physical characteristic. Being made in the image of God has some, several little things, and this is a different study, but you know, it means that we have personality. We, we actually are able to think and reason. We understand. We have self-awareness. We know that we are here and that our lives impact each other. We're not just animals who operate out of instinct. We actually think things through, and we can think through what my actions are going to do to you and to other people. We have a will so we can then choose the action that we take. Not only do we understand that we have an action, but we can choose that action. We have a will, and we're made in the image of God. We have a conscience. We have the ability to distinguish right and wrong. Even, even without the Holy Spirit of God, we are without excuse, the Bible says, because we have given, been given enough light by the God of heaven to know, to know. we have a conscience and that self-awareness. And this is a big deal. So we're made in the image of God. I want to talk to you about what it means then to render unto God the things that are God's. And some of these are really simple, right? The very first thing is you have to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, every step hereafter is irrelevant. It cannot be done. It takes the power of God in our lives to take the next steps of rendering ourselves unto God. So, if you're here this morning and you've never, there's never been a time in which you recognize that you were a sinner in need of a savior, and that you realize that there's a God in heaven who loves you so much that he provided a savior in his son, Jesus Christ, and that we can access that salvation by grace through faith, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, if you've never done that, that's where it starts. I, I would beg of you and encourage you to consider that this morning. You would consider that you are a soul that will live somewhere forever. And you need to trust Christ for that soul to be rescued from the punishment, the wages, the payment of being sinners. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that's where it starts. But then if we've done that, how then, Pastor John, do I I render myself unto God? Well, there's several different things that we're going to look at here. One of those is, quite honestly, why we're here. Why are we here? Well, I don't know. My wife made me come. (laughs) Why are we here? My parents dragged me here. Why are we here? To worship and to praise. To worship and to pray. This, This is why we come, right? We, we recognize that there's a God who is worthy of worship and worthy of praise. And we get up and we drag ourselves out of bed early on a Sunday morning and we get ourselves cleaned up and we come in here for the purpose of honoring that God. Of we render to God, we give back to God that which is His. We give back to God by, by worship and praise. And, you know, I, I love this because one of the first things one of the first aspects of worship in the Scripture, of praise in the Scripture, is what? If you're saying it, say it out loud. Singing. Say, Pastor John, I'm not a singer. I, I want to put this into perspective for you. Okay, so we say, I know I'm supposed to come to church. What if you said, well, Pastor John, I'm just not a churchgoer? Would that be an acceptable excuse for why? No, we would say, no, you should come to church anyway. I'm going to tell you, whether you're a singer or not, you know what you're supposed to do? Sing. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm just being honest with you. God doesn't give you, he doesn't cut you a whole lot of slack here. He does not say any place, sing if you can. He just says, sing. You know, and say, well, I'm not very good. He doesn't say, sing if you're good. In fact, he knows better. Here's what he says. Make a joyful noise. That's what he says, unto the Lord. I mean, he he cuts us all some slack there, right? I'm aware. I was back there, you know, you guys know that you know, everywhere I am during the song service, right? I'm walking around. Oh, there's Pastor. Oh, there's Pastor. I know. So I'm standing back there singing, and I'll leave his name out, and thus to embarrass him, but little kid turns around, and he looks like, <laughs> and you can tell he's like, what is that noise? coming?" <laughs> I know I'm loud. I can't change it. It says I'm loud. Uh, but, you know, we're supposed to sing. This is, this is how we render unto God. The things that are God's. We involve ourselves in worship and praise. I know probably I should have started the service with this and then had the song service. But I tell you, you guys did a great job this morning. Wasn't that? I, the, I mean, every part of the song service today was just spot on. I didn't, Matt, didn't uh, It made it even better that I actually love every single one. Of course, you know me, I like all the songs. But uh, anyway, I just love those songs in particular. But singing, thanksgiving, giving testimony, honoring God, all of this is part of worship and praise, this is how I render back to God. You see, I give the government my taxes because I owe it to them, right? I render to them, to Caesar, that which is Caesar's. I owe it to them. We might, in some cases, say, you know, um, you know, that uh, it's theirs anyway, right? Uh, we might. Uh, not always, not very often anyway. Uh, but you know, but we, we give back to God the things that belong to God. And so our worship and our praise are part of that. I hope we understand this, that you, know, you don't come to church to please other people. If you came because your mom and dad will, will give you, you know, grief if you don't, you're missing the whole point. You've, you've not rendered to God that which is his today. If you've come to church so that you can check off the box, you know, well, I went to church this week, you have missed it. You're not rendering to God the things that are God's. God is worthy of our worship and praise. So we've come, and that's one of the steps that that we render to God. Another one is that we serve him. I'm going to render to God the things that are God's. It says only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. That's what the Bible says. First Samuel, where is it, JD? First Samuel twelve twenty-four. That's JD's life verse. So first Samuel twelve twelve. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth. For consider how great things he has done for you. And we ought to be involved in service. And and can I can I just be a little bit of a nudge today? Some of you have gotten comfortable with sitting, and we we're we're not completely rendering. Pastor, I, I'm here. What more do you want? It has nothing to do with what more your pastor wants. You understand it's not about your pastor. None of this is about your pastor. If you came to church to make me happy, you've missed it. And the reality is if I'm preaching the word, then I'm a, I'm a successful pastor whether 10 people or 1,000 people show up. You understand the success of the church is not in you know, how many people show up that's not the way this works so you're not doing us any favors this isn't about you know this is about us giving God what he deserves and he deserves our service he deserves for us to get out of our comfort zone and give him what he deserves so he deserves our service and that service comes in many different ways right it can come in teaching pastor I'm not a teacher I understand that concept that I do I, I do understand this concept. God says to everybody, sing. But God does not say to everybody, teach. He says, if you can teach, teach. Right? That's what he says. If you can teach, teach. Now, some of you, by the way, have the ability to teach. But we've gotten comfortable, right? It's just a comfort level. And we're not, this isn't about our comfort. It's not about our discomfort either. Don't misunderstand, right? It's not like God says, "Nah, what can I do now to make them even more miserable? No, this isn't the God that we have. He loves us. He he knows how to give good gifts unto his children, and his desire is for us to enjoy the life that he's called us to. But he knows that when we fulfill, when we take the gifts he's given us and we fulfill using those gifts, that's the greatest joy we can find. So, if God's giving you the ability to teach, find the greatest joy your life can have. Start using it. Start serving the Lord. This is what we do: we teach, uh, we give, we witness. We, you know, the, the, all those. Remember those gifts that are in Romans chapter twelve. You know, the fruits, of the, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and you've got mercy, and you've got administration, and you've got all these things. That, you know, some of you are great organizers, and, and that's your gift. Take that gift and use it for the glory of God. Some of you have the gift of mercy. You're you're just that compassionate person. I'll tell you if uh, you have the gift of mercy. So you pass by the animal that's been hit by the car, but it's still kind of, you see the tail moving. And most of us drive by and say, oh, don't look at that. But some of you are like, oh, maybe we should stop. You know who you are. You've got the gift of mercy. Well, okay, you can take a little animal, but there's... God's children that are in desperate need, often. And you've got that gift. Put it to work. And you don't have to do this. None of this has to be this great organized thing, right? You can just just help people. The gift of mercy. Putting it to work. Doing what God's called you to do. But that's how you're going to find your joy. And that's how we're going to give to God what he deserves. To render unto God the things that are God. When you look in the mirror tomorrow morning and get ready for work, I want you to see the image of God and say, wow, I I owe God something. And we owe Him worship and praise, and we owe Him service, and we ought to be giving our service unto Him. In Romans chapter 12, you know this passage inside and out. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so in this rendering to God, it is literally to surrender our bodies to him. say, Pastor John, I don't believe God has called me to full-time Christian service. Did I bring up full-time Christian service? This is not about full-time Christian service. It's about full-time Christian. Do you understand? It's about full-time Christian. Jesus Christ sent his son or Jesus, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. And He is worthy of us. How can I pay that back? Well, I present my body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And just like in service and just like in worship, there's some things for us to consider. One of the first ones is, you know, purity. Here, God, here's my body that I'm fulfilling all of my impure desires with, you can have it. It's not the way this is supposed to work. As Christians, we've been set apart, set aside, sanctified for the glory of God. And we have the power in Jesus Christ to say no to temptation and sin. And we are called upon by God to flee, to flee youthful lust. That's what we're called upon by God to do. And to follow after righteousness and holiness and purity. And so here, I'm going to present my body to Christ. It's what he deserves. I'm going to render unto God the things that are God's. God, here's my body. Let's present to him a body that is pure. You say, Pastor, I've already messed up my purity. Okay. Forgetting those things that are behind. Reaching forth in those things that are before. You understand? I, I, I'm, I understand you can't change your past. I can't change mine either. Are there things I wish I could do differently? Sure. But we can't go backwards and undo. What we can do is be made clean by a God who loves us and then move forward. So let's choose purity. Let's choose holiness. I present my body a living sacrifice. holy. Acceptable to God. Let's choose holiness. The Bible says, Be holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. We have the ability in Jesus to be holy people. When when I say, and when God says be holy, there's an understanding that we're still carrying around this flesh. The Apostle Paul himself said, The things I know I should do, I don't do. The things I know I shouldn't do, I do. It's not talking about becoming perfect. Until this mortal puts on immortality, we carry around the flesh. We will not be like Jesus until we see him. But when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see how this works? but, But I can choose holiness, and I should. He's worthy of it. I should. It's what he deserves. I am going to render to God the things that are God's. And God, I'm not my own, the Bible says, for I have been bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So I present my body to the Lord, holy. I present my body to the Lord, pure. I present my body to the Lord. These are the words that are unspotted, right? I present my body to the Lord. Can I just get really... I'm going to be a nudge twice, I guess, today. Can I just, uh, healthy? Now, I am not putting myself up as this great example. You know how many cups of coffee I've had today? <laughs> no, I've only had three, but still three is a lot. <laughs> Thank you for, <laughs> I've only had three, but three is a lot of coffee, right? I mean, it's like, I mean, that's before noon, and I'm not done, <laughs> probably, I mean, I'm not suggesting that I'm like this great example of health. But the reality is, if I'm going to be usable to God, I ought to take care of my body, right? That's I have a responsibility. to. I can't just do whatever I want and, and then say, God, use me. I'm falling apart. It's one thing if I'm falling apart because of sin. I'm not saying because I've been doing sinful things. I'm just saying because sin has its impact on us, right? Cancer, fall, tear your body up, you know, other just keep thinking, you know, uh, diabetes, heart disease. All those, you can't always prevent those things, but sometimes you can, right? Sometimes you can. Sometimes we can say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be as healthy as I know how, so that God can use me to the greatest extent, because He's worthy, because I'm gonna render to Him what He is worthy of." And so, you know, we don't, you know, we don't spend, you know, the first 20 years of our lives or 30 years of our lives breaking our bodies down so that now we have this heap. kid God, here we are. You can have this. What's left of it? No, that's not how we do this. We take care of ourselves so that we can render to God that which he's worthy of. But he says not only in our body, he says, you know, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, but also in your spirit. So what's, that? what's the concept of the spirit? The word spirit in the New Testament is actually used in, in uh, several different ways. But one of those ways is that it represents our attitude. It's an attitude word. And we ought to glorify God in our spirit, right? I mean, that means the things that don't glorify God ought to come out of my spirit, like, like whining and griping and complaining, being being critical. You, know, you, you, know, you never saw that in Jesus, did you? Wasn't it amazing? You never saw that in Jesus. He, 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 did, he had reasons to whine, uh, but he didn't. Uh, he, he, he chose a greater spirit than that. He chose the spirit of love, the spirit of forgiveness. Uh, he says, you know, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So choosing what spirit we're walking through life with a spirit that has glorified God. Why? Because I'm going to render unto God that which he deserves. I'm, in just a couple of months, we're all going to pay the government what we owe them. Whether or not we even think they deserve them, we're going to pay them what we owe them. But every day we get up, we're called upon by God because every day we get up and look in the mirror, we see someone who's made in the image of God, whose superscription is God. And we ought to render unto God the things that are God's. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. We could talk about time, talent, treasure, all those wonderful things that we talk about a lot in these kinds of messages, but, you know, here we are. How much do we owe God, right? When we consider the great things He hath done for us, what do we owe God? Is it too much for God to ask? For our time, talent, treasure? Is it too much for God to ask for our bodies? Or is he worthy of these things? Have we worshipped him today? Have we praised him today? Are we serving him today? Are we surrendering to him today? Say, Pastor John, I know Christ is my Savior. I know if I die today, I'm going to heaven. That is not an issue with me, Pastor. But I have to be honest. I've been holding back on God. He deserves more. And I know all of us can in some way say God deserves more, right? I am aware of that. None of us are going to stand before God and wish we had given him less. None of us. So I'm aware of that. But maybe specifically God has brought something to mind that you know that needs to be rendered to God. And I'm asking, Christian, would today be the day? Say, all to Jesus I surrender. Have thine own way, Lord. It's yours. Pastor, that's where I'm at. I know I'm a Christian, but God's spoken in my heart this morning. I need to render to my Savior. Please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you. 25, 30, 40 hands, 50 hands maybe, maybe someone's here. You say, Pastor John, quite honestly, I'm back there at the beginning of this message. If I died right now, I'm not certain I would go to heaven. And I'm concerned about my soul, about where I would spend eternity. Right now, right where you're sitting in the quietness of this moment, there's a God who loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to pay for your sin debt. And that God has promised, if you will trust his promise, if you will believe and cling to his promise, if you will have confidence in his promise, he has promised to give you eternal life. Right now, right where you're sitting in the quietness of this moment. Lord, please forgive me my sins and save me. And a God who cannot lie will keep that promise. Place your faith, your confidence, your trust in what Jesus did on the cross as the payment for your sin. And no one is looking around, please. But if you say, Pastor John, as best I know how, sitting here this morning, I put my faith, my confidence, my trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross as the payment for my sin just this morning. Would you just look up here at me for a moment and make eye contact with me if that's you? Let me see that. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Make sure I see that. Uh, let's get this settled. Let's make sure we know we're on our way to heaven. Anyone else? Father, I thank you for these two and pray that you continue to grow them up in your grace now. I thank you for tender hearts. And God, most of all, I thank you for giving us the privilege and honor to worship, to serve, to surrender to you. Help us as your children to give you what you deserve, to render of ourselves back to you. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing, Have the on way, Lord, have them away. way. The altar is open to you. You step out do business with the Lord, would you, as we sing together. Thank you so much for your kind attention today. I appreciate it. Tender hearts. As we leave here, you know, so often it's, it's easy to walk out the doors and it's like, okay, now it's time for the next thing. And we forget what just took place, right? But if God's been working in our hearts, let's take the work that God has done with us and let God continue to use it, all right? Uh, anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? Fire practice at 5 o'clock. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. You are dismissed. God bless.